Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with two time Super Bowl winner. Carl Banks, in the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion, Carl Banks. Hopefully everybody had a Merry Christmas. It was almost a really Merry Christmas, except for a 61-yard field goal and a bunch of mistakes that the Giants made. Carl, I know there's no moral victories in this stuff, but they went against one of the best teams in the NFC Mm record-wise, and they went toe-to-toe with them. And it's pretty obvious. A couple of interceptions held on to, a couple third down passes, not a fumble or an interception in the plus territory and a block punt. And the Giants are winning that game going away. Now, none of that happened. Yeah. So they earned the loss. But I think if you're a fan, you got to be pretty encouraged by what you saw. You should be, Bob. But here's the thing. Um, as players, that's called the the – toe stubbing the kick yourself in the ass moments where you're playing against a team you have pretty good game plan uh i think they always present their opponents with the exception of a couple this year they've always presented themselves their opponents with a great plan and they've been in every game and to know that the Minnesota Vikings have the second best record in football. And, you know, people say, well, you know, they've had a bunch of one score games. That says a lot about Minnesota that they can, they, they are mentally tough enough to really pull out those close games. And you've got to be not error free, but you've got to, you got to take advantage of your opportunities against them. And the giants didn't, but they looked themselves in the mirror and say, well, damn, what could have, would have, should have. So um, if the occasion should uh, present itself uh, again, I think the Giants will feel confident going into the game. But there's no, there's no, hey, we almost beat them moments. They'll just feel confident that this is an opponent that they can beat. So there's all these scenarios. Like the Giants could actually lose their last two games and still make it to the postseason. There's a crazy mm-hmm. path for that. But the bottom line is this. They have done, and we talked to Coach Dable today. We were with him for a bit, taping the TV show. I mean, they're, they've done their job. They've got, or they've done their job to this point, which is they go into this game this weekend, and they don't have to look at the scoreboard. They don't That's have right. to see who's doing what. They That's win right. the game, and they're in. There's no, listen, the back door may be open, but they can, they got the keys where they can walk right into the playoffs. And the other thing that they have going in their favor is they are virtually, they are locked into, unless the crazy scenario happens where they lost both games remaining and they somehow found a way to get into the playoffs that way. 
But for the most part, the Giants win on Sunday. They're locked in as the sixth seed mm-hmm. uh, because all the other teams that they're competing with, um, nine wins is what you got to get to, and those teams all have seven. So the Giants would automatically beat them all in tiebreakers. So they're going to get the they're going to get the sixth seed, um, and uh, that's a nice that's a nice thing for fans to know and for the Wait players minute, to know. Two games left in the season. We're actually not talking about the draft. No, no, holy cow! Or a change in personnel, coaches, or GMs, coaches, GMs. Who's got to go? Who's got to stay? Instead, we are talking about an opportunity for the postseason and uh, a team that's earned that right to play for an opportunity for the postseason. They don't have to go through the back door, um, even though it may or may not be open, right? Uh, They have the keys to walk right into the playoffs and know where they're going to be uh, seated. Um, And you know what? Giants fans have... Um, they've really embraced this year and the season that uh, the Giants are having in very large part. And I, you know, me, I enjoy the uh, dialogue with fans on Twitter um, and the banter back and forth sometimes. And, you know, when it's, when it's logically making sense or they're making a point, um, I love engaging with him. It's just like uh, Chris Lavelle. I'm shouting you out, Chris. Chris Lavelle is at Chris LA 9597. Let's see what else is part of your handle. Oh, wow, he's got a long one. Chris LA 95976393. So Chris told me that they need to get rid of Kafka. And huh? yeah, get rid of Kafka and let um Dable call the plays. So I said, can you give me a few reasons why? And he did. Says number one, predictable. Number two, lack of in-game adjustments. Number three, gives up strategy when it doesn't work right. I think two and three are kind of oxymorons because if you lack in-game adjustments and you give up strategy when it doesn't work right, that means you're making an adjustment. Um, Four, does not stretch the field enough. Okay, there's some some merit to what you're saying. Uh, Seems to have no faith in his receivers. I know our receivers are hurt, but got to take chances, and he never plays for wide receivers. So we'll get into the Carfax of number five later, but, like, predictable, Bob. Like, I think the mark of this offense thus far has been um, Wildcat, uh, some RPO, some rollout passes. Um, they haven't just lined up and slammed Saquon Barkley into the line of scrimmage. So, no, um, they've used a bunch of different people to run on jet sweeps and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, the thing is also, um, Chris, they have 
limited personnel, but they move those personnel people around. And you've heard uh, Coach Dable say it. Um, hey, we put you know some receivers in that are doing some things that they haven't done, so that they are not predictable. Knowing that you know certain guys have certain skill sets, so um, I'm not. I'll, so give sure. you a, I'll give you an example in the game. Kenny Galladay ran a route out of the slot that cleared a nice opening in the middle of the field. Now I think Jones, the, the, the protection broke down. So he wasn't mm -hmm. able to get to the guy that was open. I think it was Slayton, but they had a nice combo there. Yeah. But the protection didn't hold up. And then you had um, another one when Daniel Jones did hit the sideline where Galladay was in the slot, ran a post. He got, it should have been a pass interference if it wasn't a completion because he literally got pulled down from behind it looked like he was tripped up but his jersey somebody the uh, defender pulled his jersey so they are they are not as predictable as you think um and maybe there are some things that you see you say well you see they run this all the time this formation but i'm assuming that if you really spend some time watching how they put this thing together on a week-to-week -week basis no two things stay the same from week to week they're pretty uh, conscious of that because they don't have the the weaponry or a guy that can just go beat you down the field. So uh, lack of adjustments is another one that if you watch how the Giants play from first half to second half, and we've, we've uh, made note of it on the air during our broadcast, Bob, where it seems like they're just probing, 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 probing to see what would work. And then the second half, you see the offense start to open up with some of the things that they, they uh, saw that they could have some success with. Yeah. I mean, going into the weekend, the giants were tied with Denver, Atlanta. There's one other, two other teams for having been in the most one possession games in the NFL. Now we know Minnesota has 11, one possession wins, which mm -hmm. is a new NFL record. But the Giants had 11 one-possession games. Now they have 12 one-possession games, and they might now have solo the most in the NFL. When you think about the revolving door at the left guard spot, the amount of different offensive line combinations they've had to use, the injury to Evan Neal, losing uh, Sterling Shepard, losing Wandell Robinson, um, that's all they do is make adjustments. They've had to make adjustments all season because they don't have the Daniel Jones doesn't have the luxury to just drop back and whether Justin Jefferson's covered or not, throw it to a Justin Jefferson. Right. And by the way, they had two pass plays in this game of over 30 yards. I mean, and Darius well, that's, Slayton. That's for the crowd last week who said, Oh, give me a break. He threw for 150 yards. He's a dink and dunker. And all of a sudden, goalpost moves after he throws a couple he takes he drives a few down the field this is not uh as it relates to you chris lavelle because that wasn't your thing but it's filled my timeline now um but they make adjustments and they also make adjustments based on how players are playing like when you look at um from week to week what we've seen for the wide receiver position and you've got a guy who was a free agent pickup or a waiver pickup for Buffalo 
who you're starting to see his profile grow larger and larger within this offense, right? Isaiah um, Hodgins. Yeah. Um, Darius Slayton. And listen, I, I will say this. Um, they should have more faith in their wide receivers, and that's growing. But I don't think it's a lack of faith in wide receivers because, man, I saw Darius Slayton just abuse Patrick Peterson. And Daniel Jones ended up out of the pocket scrambling. I think he scrambled for the first down on one. He threw another one for first down, but they had like a chunk play. But I think it's not a matter of trust with the receivers. It's a matter of trust with the offensive line. No doubt. Like if, and look, folks, if, if, if you think you can do this, just go in your backyard and look at, put anything, a big pool at the end of the fence and let somebody hit you in the back of the head with a, with a, a balloon baseball bat, but just some pop, pop, pop. And then you drop back, you drop back, you drop back and you keep hitting, keep getting hit, keep getting hit. Then all of a sudden they don't and you're expecting it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not easy, right? And I think Daniel Jones does a good job of not just panicking and shutting a play down but if they could ever get to a place where if Daniel Jones came in in, in, in the huddle and Darius Slayton or Hodgins says, man, I can take this guy deep. And Daniel Jones looks at his lineman and says, nobody fucking better get in here because we got a score here. When they get to that place, you'll see more, um, more deep shots. But right now, they have to be very uh, judicious in the way that they do it. And I keep talking about like the Carfax, right? You guys know what Carfax are. Before you buy a car, get the Carfax. That tells you what you're dealing with, what you're buying. Like go ahead, finish. Go ahead. No, no. No, I was going to say Slayton. And, you know, some of our buddies that do the All-22 stuff, that post a lot of the Giants stuff, I guarantee you they could come up with a reel of Darius Slayton routes this year where double moves he's used, spun defensive guys into a tizzy, and they should have been chunk plays, but the protection just really hasn't been good. Mm -hmm. Slayton's biggest problem is he's inconsistent catching the ball. Which but, hasn't been the case lately. Right. But it's one of those things where, I mean – you see the reason why when you when you take a look at this, and you and I have a chance to look at the tape all the time, why they are hesitant because they want to keep their quarterback alive and well and playing because Daniel Jones is a huge part of what this team does offensively. They can't not have him out there. Right, and again, they took two big shots down the field. Both were good. Um, they'd probably like to take a few more when they have a matchup that they like but they got to get the, the uh, protection figured out. So um, when you guys, before you really start posting what you don't like about a game, read the Carfax report, meaning see what they were playing with during the game and then make the adjustment. Now, there are some times that I will agree, Daniel Jones is not deep to short he's short to deep in some of his reads just moving the chains and um keeping the offense on schedule 
I think that's the next evolution for him once he gets a level of comfort. My biggest concern, not my biggest concern, my biggest complaint to date with Daniel Jones is that when he is scrambling around and off platform and he's throwing these check downs, he's not giving these guys a chance to catch the ball and run with it. Like if you go to all of that effort to find a guy, don't throw him into the ground. You know, just, just settle yourself enough to get a good pass on the guy because you've already located him. You've somehow got a ball to him. But I want to see that level uh, from Daniel Jones as he continues to develop as a quarterback because, and this is not a Mahomes thing per se, but a lot of quarterbacks, when you see they got that safety valve outlet, that ball's put on them and they, and they make something out of nothing. When Daniel Jones puts it on them or not put it on them, they crumble or stumble to the ground and it's maybe a one or two yard or back to a line of scrimmage play. Well, there's a fourth down play against the Cowboys. I mean, Saquon should have caught it yeah. in Dallas on Thanksgiving, but if Jones makes a better ball to him, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. So it's speaking exactly to your point. Yeah, like keep your plays alive when you have skill position players. And, and I see, you know, some of Saquon in the open field, and then I see Saquon in the open field that catches a ball that doesn't even give him a chance to get started, right? That is the next phase for Daniel Jones. Which right? they hit him on one of those uh, mm -hmm. on, on Saturday where they yeah, got him set right another guy down. Stride. Yeah, yeah set another guy down. Um, and that's where you have to be like when you're off platform or you're scrambling around and you see a guy, don't flail it. Just give yourself enough of a beat to get it to him where he can really do something with it. Don't get it to him so he can stumble or crumble to the ground. Just that's, that's my complaint right now with Daniel Jones. And if that's the only thing I got, um, I'm seeing a lot of growth from him. He made a hell of a play on the third and long right before the Saquon fourth and two touchdown run because, you know, he realized every inch mattered. Mm -hmm. And when he was running to his right, one of the things I like what he did is he led with his left shoulder instead of his right shoulder. And he took on that defender to try to get as close, yeah. if not get the first down, which is when he, that's when you take on the defender, not some mm -hmm. of the other times that he does. Carl, that He's going to get paid. Daniel Jones is going to get paid. Well, so now, I, I don't, I don't have a doubt about that. And I don't. So, I mean, I, we have a lot of people that listen to our um, podcast and there's a lot of dialogue right now uh, about Daniel Jones. First it was whether or not he's coming back. Now he's coming back, but now they're saying, well, don't pay him this. Don't pay him that. It's going to happen folks. Um, I don't, I'm not going to give you a number, but don't be shocked. Um, if a three is in front of it, uh, if a three is the first number per year, because, uh, the lid is about to pop off on what quarterback averages are like a lot. Dak Prescott's money. I think he hits for about 40 million this year. Um, Aaron Rodgers, 50, Josh Allen is somewhere up there. Patrick Mahomes. So there are a lot of there are a lot of quarterbacks that are their numbers are hitting this year that's going to drive the the salaries up, the average salaries up, 
as well as the increase in the salary cap. I mean, they just got $2 billion, I believe, from YouTube. Yeah. So that's a billion of that or a billion one of that goes to the players. So they split that over um, 32 teams and in addition to what they already have in cap space or what they can create. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you what. Um, and I, you know, on my Twitter timeline, I was seeing, you know, fans in on BBI and the chat rooms and all that other stuff. You know, you know, I, you know, I'd keep Jones on a team friendly deal for a couple of years, and you know, they can continue to evaluate him. Here's the problem. <laughs> Here's the problem. All it takes is one other team. Yeah. Now, we watch it with a critical eye. And you, as a great player, can look at it a certain way. Um, the intelligent media guys out there that do the film stuff, they're looking at it. And then everybody else is looking at it from anywhere from 30,000 to 40,000 feet. Mm -hmm. But the team personnel people around the league are looking at it from the inside, knowing what concepts and what plays are being, what the quarterback's being asked to do, not only the Giants, but other teams when they look at it. Sure. And when you look at the quarterback situation, what's going on with the Jets? What happens if Mike White doesn't play well this week? Right, because the Jet fans are clamoring for Mike White now, and he's been cleared, and he's going to start because Zach Wilson's been a train wreck. You don't think that the Jets, with the team that they have, wouldn't at least kick the tires to find out what the cost is going to be for Daniel Jones because he's better than any quarterback they got. You don't think the Indianapolis yeah. Colts, after going with all these older guys, Philip Rivers, and now they got Nick Foles playing. They've got they have Matt Ryan Matt there. Ryan, yeah. You don't think they're going to be kicking it? You don't think that the Houston Texans aren't going to be sniffing around? And that's just the name a couple right off the top of my head. The New Orleans yeah. Saints, they ain't going to keep riding with Andy Dalton. And who knows about Jameis Winston, what they're thinking there. Well, if Jameis Winston was their guy, he'd be playing again. He's not injured anymore. He's Correct. just not playing. So there's a there's a you got bunch Miami of Dolphins, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah with two with this that. concussion, like you don't know. But the hate and replace mentality, and I tweeted about this. The the, the daily fantasy has really permeated the mindset of what how fans realistically look at football in terms of building a team because it's it's always if you ever sat in a room when people are setting their fantasy rosters i hate this guy i'm going to replace him with this one. Oh, this guy sucks i'm going to replace him with this one and they can do it on a daily or a weekly basis right you can't hate and replace with the guy of your choice in real life football uh but it all you hear is get rid of him what are you going to replace them with? And it was a, a exhibit A. There was a guy who talked about taking, letting Lamar Jackson go, taking the rookie. I think it's the kid from Florida because he can run and he can do everything Lamar Jackson does. That doesn't ensure you <laughs> that he can or will. And then he, and, 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 and here's the logic behind it because now you get another quarterback on a rookie deal. Good luck. Lamar Jackson saved everybody's bacon in Baltimore, and he continues to save everybody's bacon in Baltimore. So, yeah, let him walk, because he's going to get his money somewhere, too. 
Right. Listen, Lamar Jackson walks. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I pick him up right away. I don't know what I, I don't know what Kyler Murray's doing for the next two years. And by that time, he may be wanting to play baseball. Um, but if you think the hate and replace uh methodology works in real-time football, get rid of a guy like Lamar Jackson. Get a kid from college because you think they have a similar skill set. There is no skill set like Lamar Jackson. You're replacing Lamar Jackson with somebody else, but it ain't going to be Lamar Jackson, and it ain't going to work the way it works for Lamar Jackson. Guarantee you 100%. Erase that from your mind. This is not daily fantasy. This is not I hate him, replace him, or let me save salary. I don't have to pay him $50 million. I'm going to pay this kid $2 million for the next four years, and I'm going to save money. No, you're not. You're going to lose your job is what you're going to do. Right. And there's no, and listen, the draft is, I mean, I mean, look, the, the Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson right now, and we could go through There's It's not, there's no guarantees in any of this stuff. Now I don't want to get this into like what the giants should do or shouldn't do yeah. like, cause we're, we're almost contradicting ourselves. We're happy that we're not having these kind of podcasts. We're yeah. focusing yeah. on the game at hand. I was just, I was just kind of thinking, um, about this because the guys played really well. Um, and you know, now he's got to finish the deal. He's got to take it across the finish line. And that starts on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. My timeline has been filled about the special teams. Um, Liability. You know, they yeah. can't be, a, they cannot be a net zero at the end of the game. They're either a net zero or a net negative. You got a great kicker and poor coverage teams. You get a good return and then you give up one or two. It, you just cannot – they have to be better because right now at net negative or – yeah, they're a net negative. They're not a net neutral uh, because if, with the kicker that you have and the way he's keeping you in games and then you turn around and give, give up great field position or give up a big return – it's a net negative and you cannot function that way now well, think, of, think about do. think about this game i mean the the deciding play maybe in this game was the fact that the giants had a punt blocked and set up a short field for an easy touchdown yeah. i mean casey Kreider got pushed back guy went across his face julian love i was reading lawrence tyne's description of it um and Love, he said, had to get bigger, faster, meaning get in there quicker. And he winds up not hitting anybody. And then the punk gets it. Like, they can't. They're not good enough because of all the things we've talked about, not having some great eraser where they could just throw it downfield and make up a touchdown mm -hmm. that fast. They they can't. This stuff cannot. They have to get that. They got to get that tightened up. And, well, and, and, and they know it. They They know it but they got to do what they got to do with what they have. Well, no that's an advantage. Renee Thompson's team. not walking through that door. Right. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. The opponent has already, again, the Carfax folks, they've checked that box as advantage them because there's every single game this year, the special teams has given and it has taken away every game. And if you've got a good return game or you have something about your special teams, there is going to be an opportunity for you. 
theory, one of the reasons why the Giants special teams are bad is because a lot of players that are starting right now should be special teams players. And they're not because now they've been pressed into duty. Um, let that sink in, folks. You're going to be like, well, how does that make sense? Just think about it. There are certain players who are like your second or third team players that are really good special teams players, and they're like your emergency backups. Well, the Giants are there at that point now in some positions. Yeah. Um, could Micah McFadden be a contributor on special teams? I think he was. And then people got hurt. He moved up the depth chart. And whoever's behind him, Tay Crowder's not a really good, never was a really good special teams player. Their great eraser is Cam Brown. He's the most consistent out there, uh, but there's only one of him. And you got to have more guys. And those guys, the reps that Darnay Holmes is getting, right? He used to split time, split reps with special teams and you know, being a, a slot corner or, or a nickel corner, it's hard. Like, Landon Collins is too old to be on special teams now. He was a hell of a special teams player early on in his career, but this is what you got. So they've got to overcome it in some other areas. And then if you're on the giant special teams, write this down. If it ain't broke, don't break it. <laughs> Exactly. Don't break it. Um, but, you know, and then there's some screaming at what was Wink calling at the end of the game. He was calling plays that he thought that could fucking work. Like, folks, it, it, it was in this game against Minnesota at the end of the game. It wasn't about how many people you could put in coverage. It was about how fast you could get the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands and limit the type of route that they could call in the face of a blitz. That's the one beautiful thing about Wink. And I said it earlier this year, it's going to be feast or famine sometimes, depending on what, what he has as defensive backs, but he is not going to allow you as a quarterback to survey the field in crucial moments. You know, he's coming. He knows, you know, he's coming. And it's just a matter of you finding the right hot route to get it out of your hands. Cause you're not going to be able to just, just chuck it in a key situation in most cases. And what Wink was doing, the strength of this defense, read the Carfax, folks. You got four good tires. Engine ain't great, but you got four good tires, so you're going to send as many people as you can to the side of Justin Jefferson and see if that ball can get out of the quarterback's hand and just hope your guys can make a tackle. That's, yeah. what, that's what Wink does. There ain't no coverage scheme, number one, for Justin Jefferson. I don't know if you guys saw some of the catches he made. He can win. Again, so and, there, and if ahead. you let Cousins sit back there, you know, Justin Jefferson can run past everybody. Mm -hmm. And the last thing you want to do is get beaten for a 70, 65-yard touchdown. Just rally to the ball. You know, Thibodeau got Thibodeau, I'm sure, when he goes back and he looks at the tape, just like he learned from what happened to him in the preseason when he got hurt, mm -hmm. he's going to learn what happened in that situation because he just got – he was on the outside. He just got washed away. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, they still made the tackle. 
based on their calculations of what the range was for the field goal. Right. Player. And trust me, 61 tackling Oops. the guy for six, uh, to set up a 61 yard field goal was well within the parameters of how much yardage they could give up and still have a chance to get to overtime. And that wasn't a chip shot. Um, yeah. No, so guy, listen, he had missed, he had missed five of seven from 50 or more yards this year. So mm -hmm. they get the guy to the ground, they get up there, they spike it. And then he kicks a 61 yarder. It's like, all right, come on. Yeah. And I know you uh, made a point with coach coach Weiss this morning and this won't play out this year or next year with the giant defense, but a more mature defense, you say, listen, if you can keep, we're going to keep everything in front of us. And if he keeps running, let him run. We make a tackle clocks run out. They can't get up to the line of scrimmage to, uh, to spike it, to get a field goal. But that's not going to happen this year or next year. Cause they don't have a maturity uh, from a personnel standpoint. Uh, so they have to go with what they know. Yeah. Plus just, I mean, it's Justin Jefferson. Like he might, make yeah, one break, dude miss two. and then he's gone and he's off to the races yeah yeah and then you lose on a so, touchdown so yeah. hey fans bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season everything from nfl and pro bowl to esports you can always find the latest odds matchup info player news game trends bet online bet online featuring live betting free contests live scores for almost every sport fastest easiest way to bet on your favorite leagues and events Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Um, can I just go, can I just take you in one more direction here? Sure, sure. Evan Neal. Mm -hmm. He's really struggling, okay? Um, I know he worked really hard to get back from his knee injury. I know he got nicked up in the Philadelphia game. They're trying to help him out. Um, getting the tight end over there. They're having the back chip, whatever. He's struggling. Um, they don't have anyone better on the roster right now, in their opinion, to put in there at closer to 100% than they believe he is. Just remember the Andrew Thomas rookie season where he struggled at times. You, you got, listen, you got to just, you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. He's got yeah. an unbelievably good offensive line coach. He, the kid will get it figured out. They'll get it figured out. Well, I think right now, Bob, he's laboring lower body. Something's going on. We know he was, he had the knee, but you know, we our producer, John Schmelk sent a, uh, a video to us and said, hump move by, um, someone from the Vikings. I'm like, no, it was a clumsy spin. The guy was shocked that it even worked because Neil, he led with his hands and his feet couldn't follow. He was just hoping he could get enough of the guy where he could, you know, just push him. And the guy just spun and Evan just flew off his feet, right? The guy didn't even have any, that much leverage in terms of hooking him or anything. He just spun. And as he spun, Evan went flying. So he's laboring. He's, you know, trying to do one thing from a technique perspective, right? Is try to get his hand placement on a guy and it's just feet ain't following. And it's not because he doesn't know better. I just think at least during the Vikings game, later in the game, 
there was something going on with his lower extremities where he just could not move the way he wanted to move, especially laterally. Yeah, because before he hurt his knee, he was starting to play better. And, you mm -hmm. know, you're getting excited about it. So, I mean, you know, our timeline gets friends are texting during the game. Like, can somebody please help them? And what they're trying. They, yeah. they know they know what his injury is outside of the knee or yeah. what's causing the label. Uh, his technique before he got hurt was showing improvement and all that other stuff. They're Which, just trying to they're just trying to get to the finish line here and lock up a playoff spot. Yeah, and, you know, and, if, and if they can win this week, guess who's not playing in the last game of the regular season? <laughs> Evan Neal. No, no. They're gonna let heal him yeah. up. And the thing is also, uh Chris Lavelle, it's to your point, that's why they can't do certain things. Because in a football game, other things have to go right before you see the end result. And for this offense, it's got to be the offensive line. They've got to be able to hold up. And there hasn't been a game where they didn't see internal pressure from that internal three. They Teams have put a bullseye on center and both guards, and they're going to just keep coming and coming and coming. That's why Daniel Jones can't even step up. Like if they could hold up and he could step up, you could see more stuff down the field. You can't see anything down the field is because he's actually squirting out the side somewhere because he can't step up. So when you say they don't trust the receivers or they don't stretch the field enough, there's a reason why. And if you look at the play and you see, well, quarterback can't step up or maybe he could have, and he missed it. And that's fair. But most often, they're attacking the interior of the Giants offensive line. And that's why they can't stretch the field a lot. And we'll get into it in our preview podcast of the Colts, but you know, they're gonna have to deal with DeForest Buckner, who is a yeah. one man wrecking crew, just like Fletcher Cox is and yeah. teams have just just like the Giants have Dexter Lawrence. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a premium position because the the better quarterbacks can deal with the edge rushers. If they got that pocket to step, they can recreate the pocket. They can move yeah. the pocket while remaining in the pocket. But when you're getting up front, now your quarterback's on the run. And now guess what? Checkdowns become more likely. Yeah, get because out, the, the reads are off. Right. The reads are off. You are, Once you hit that back foot hits and they're stepping into you, you got to move. And now all the timing of your offensive plays are, um, are shot. But – they figure it out. They've made adjustments. They continue to do that. Um, and it's fun watching it. It is really a lot of fun watching it. And, you know, Chris, I really do. This wasn't like a request podcast, but I thought some of the stuff that you um, posted was kind of relevant to what needed to be discussed anyway, because it was on a lot of people's mind. You start to hear a lot about Dayball and why can't they do well? Here's the other thing, too, which I love. I really do love that we've gotten to a point now to where we're talking about trusting receivers. Think about mm -hmm. that. Go back to week four. That was never part of the discussion. We didn't even think we had enough uh, of a receiving core to even do that. Now we're starting to see, and thank you, Darius Slayton, you know, um, and all the rest. You know what? Richie James, thank you. 
you know, for showing the possibilities. Now that fans say, well, you know, they're sales clerks from Walmart or they're UPS drivers, but they're pretty good at what they do. Right. And speaking you know? of play design, you know, Kafka, this, I mean, the bottom line is you couldn't have had an easier throw and catch on, from a play design standpoint than the one the Richie James that he dropped. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. let, let's, let's give the play caller, the play designers credit. You know, the giants lead the league in drops. Ooh, they, wait a minute. How about Dane Belton? He goes through the line, goes in motion, sneaks through the line of scrimmage like a, a Kelsey play. They hit him. He's on the run. He fumbles. Bell Bellinger. Pretty, yeah, uh, Bellinger. Um, that was as creative. That was a literally a Kansas City um, Kelsey play yep. where he goes in motion. He sneaks right out under the center into the flat wide open and he's running with it. That's creativity. Just you know, can't fumble it. He just can't fumble it. But that was one hell of a play design. Nobody expected that. From, see, people, uh, people just look at the Kafka. result and they see yeah. the fumble. But how did Bellinger get that wide open? Well, there's a reason how. Yeah. How did Slayton get so wide open on that drive that led to the Barkley touchdown? You know, it's a, it's a two way street. You could say that they're not creative enough. But then when they have these other plays, let's not forget it's the creativity. Because again, we're not talking about Kelsey. We're not talking about Justin Jefferson or Terry McLaurin or AJ Brown or Devontae Smith that can just, or Tyree Kill that could just run by people. So, how did Slayton get that open? By design. Yeah. By play design. Are you have anything else to get off your chest? Tell a friend to tell a friend. That's all I got. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We'll be back later in the week with a preview of the Colts. It's all about the Giants and winning, and they're in. And that edition right. of the Believe in Giants podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.